welcome back to Navigating Worlds Podcast. I am Brittany Shanice, your host. This is a podcast about traveling, tips, transformations, tricks, all the things under the sun. I am your travel guru, Brittany Shanice. Again, I have been traveling for the past 11 years, all alone, by my lonesome, um, full-time. And by full-time, I mean spending one year in a country. Some people do three months. I choose to do a year to six months, six months to a year, two years, depending on how much I like it. Um, and so, yeah, welcome back to episode three um, about why it's cheaper to travel than to live in the United States. This is going to be an interesting topic to talk about. Um, I do want to preface by saying that I am from the United States. I have nothing against my own country, okay? I just choose not to live there for the time being. Now, that doesn't mean that the future won't change. I do have a soft spot for New York. I do love the city. I did live there. I did enjoy it. It was mad expensive. I am from Indiana, um, which is one of the cheapest states to live in. I still did not like it. Um, so this is just my opinion. This is my opinion with some facts of my experience, right? So I I tend to do this thing where I, as I'm traveling, I bash my, I bash United States <laughs> because I just have so many qualms. But at the same time, I still am from there and I still love being from there. And I still uh, like appreciate my country and I still appreciate where I come from because it made me into the bad bitch that I am, period. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But anyways, I just want to preface with saying that because... This is going to be essentially the reason why, one of the main reasons, one of the biggest, not main, but one of the biggest reasons why I choose to travel full time instead of living in the States and that it is just cheaper for me to travel. Um, When I first started out traveling, I was making $2,000 a month and I didn't really need to make more. And that included housing, transportation, and all the things under the sun. That included me taking trips every so often when I wanted to. That included me... um, going out to eat with friends and all the things. So that that was $2,000 a month um, that I was living off of. I wasn't living, I was living in like Asia and South America and places like that. So where your geological location is will depend on how much money you should be making. Um, but that was for me for six years in Asia, North Asia, South Asia, um, that was me in South America, Central America, um, not really in Europe that much. Um, but regardless, I do still find even I've been to Europe, right? And I've I've um, bought food there and I've, you know, participated in activities and festivities and things like that. So it's still I will still say that it's still cheaper to even travel throughout Europe than to live in the United States of America. And I'm going to just go into some ways that it is cheaper um and if i look to the left i'm just reading my my notes if you're watching on the on youtube then yes if you see me looking to the left i'm just reading my notes if you're listening disregard (laughs) um but yeah i just wanted to go into some ways that it is cheaper for me to travel full time as a solo person and how it would be for you if you so choose to and just do a little comparison so first things first food 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 majority of the places that i've been right down to even england because we know that like Housing can be expensive in places like England or Australia or whatever. Like, it could be similar to New York. And I was in London, specifically. So, down to, like, food. Food in London was cheap for me to eat when I was there. And I mean, like, going out and, like, from fast food to going to a nice restaurant or whatnot. It was still a good 10 to 15% cheaper. Now, this is... 
I was in England, London back in 2012 during the Olympics. Yes. So that, that was then. Who knows what it's like now because I haven't recently been back. I will be going back soon. Ooh, I'm excited. Um, so, yeah, I found that food was cheaper. Also, like, you know, in a lot of other countries, they really love farmer's markets. And, like, in the States, okay, you hear farmer's market, you're like, oh, my God, it's organic food, all the things. You can't, you have to seek them out versus when you're traveling and you're in other countries, they're kind of just like right around the corner. They're everywhere from, you know, a little mom and pop hole in a wall shop and she's just selling fruits and veggies or people on the street selling some fruits and veggies and things like that. Like they're like, it's so easy to find those little farmers markets all over the world versus when I'm in the States, like New York, it's a little bit easier because New York is very diverse and it's kind of one of those places where it's just a melting pot of everything. But when I'm in Indiana, finding a farmer's market is very difficult. I have to instead go to my local grocery store and there's no such thing as a local grocery store in, you know, places like small places like Indiana or like mass, the vast majority of the United States. It's just like not a thing. It's, it's always grocery stores and it's always going to be this price that's hyped up exponentially versus going to a farmer's market and even like going to a farmer's market, it's cheaper in the States. Maybe, maybe not because in farmer's markets in the States are always more expensive. But when you're traveling, right, you travel to different countries in those countries, farmers markets are more easily accessible than maybe a big name grocery store. People in those cities rarely go to big grocery stores. They are more likely to go to a farmers market. And those farmers markets, like I said, are around every single corner and they're cheap. And I, when, I, when I say they're dirt cheap, I mean they're dirt cheap. Like I remember I was in Italy and I was able to get fruits and vegetables. Now, those fruits and vegetables don't last long because they don't have pesticides. They don't have, they're not sprinkled with a lot of different things. So they're going to rot much quicker, like three days, two days, three days depending on what it is um but i got them and i was paying i don't know for fruits and veggies for those two or three days maybe five euros or something like that like something insane right and the, and it just tastes amazing and this was right around the corner from my house um when i was living in italy but it's just like farmer markets are on every corner they're everywhere and a lot of countries whether i was in europe whether i was in asia whether i was in south america um because those only the only, the only three continents I've been to so far are, you know, even in Central America, spe specifically Mexico or like Panama and things like that. Like those farmer markets were everywhere and easily accessible. I can go to them at any point to get fruits, to get vegetables, to get eggs, to get meat, to get a variety of things for like a fraction of the cost if I was to go to a grocery store. And it's just, it saves you so much money to do that than to go to a big name grocery store. And honestly, it's going to be more difficult for you to find those big, big grocery stores because these cities are so so densely populated that you're going to have to go farther, farther out to go find the bigger, bigger space places. So yes, number one, food, definitely. Down to like, and it depends on the country you go to, right? Like I was in Vietnam. I would go get some Vietnamese pho for like two, three Vietnamese dong. And that's a full meal. Or I would be in Colombia and get some bunuelos as breakfast. And that's like two or three Colombian pesos. 
when I'm in England, I go get, I don't know, I wanted to go get Chinese food. I was in the mall, I think, and I got, like, Chinese food. And I want to say that Chinese food, a meal for Chinese food was, like, six, seven dollars. You're, I mean, pounds. Six or seven pounds. It was bananas. It's bananas how cheap food is in a lot of other countries. Versus in the States, I have to go to a big grocery store to get my food. And so the prices are going to be much higher. And if I do, if I am lucky to live next to a farmer's market, then even then the prices are going to be about the same. Um, for, and also when I'm going out to eat and when I want to go to a restaurant to go have food, my meal is going to cost me at least 20, 25 bucks when I'm having a meal. And that's just a simple meal. That's not even anything crazy. Like if I want to have like a really decent meal, 30, 35 bucks versus here in Mexico, right? I go out and I had a decent meal. Like last night I had ramen for 15 for, I had ramen and a glass of wine and an, and an, an entree for $15 or 15 Mexican pesos, right? Well, $15, 300 and something in Mexican pesos, whatever the exchange rate is. But regardless, it was still much cheaper than if I was in New York and I decided to go have some ramen, which is going to cost me at least $20 by itself. And then I wanted a glass of wine, which is going to be an additional $10, $8, 9 $10. That's going to be like, that's already 28 bucks, 30 bucks for a, a sit down meal. So you see where that difference is? So first and foremost, food, 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 food. Food is just cheaper in a lot of places, whether it be fast food, quick food. Like I was saying, like Vietnamese pho is a quick dish. It's it's a bowl of soup with noodles and stuff like that. And it's very filling, filling or Chinese food in England and the mall or Bunuelos around the corner from wherever in Colombia. All these, whether it be quick food like that or it be a sit down food like going to ramen or um, when I was in England and we <laughs> funny story. I was in England and we did we did went to an Italian restaurant and they gave us free wine because all you have to do is order a meal and they give you wine on the side. Now, Italy is crazy about their wine. So, but it was a great experience. Had a lot of fun. Um, anywho, it, yeah. So food tends to be cheaper in these places. And when I'm traveling, food is a lot cheaper when I'm traveling. It costs me nothing. It's like when I was in Vietnam, it was cheaper for me to eat out than to cook food at home. That's how cheap it was to get food on the street. I was never cooking in Vietnam. I was there for two years, honey, okay? I was eating out every single day, unless I was at a friend's house and we cooked together or whatever the, whatever the fuck. I was eating out all the goddamn motherfucking time, okay? And so when I was eating out, I was eating pho, I was eating banh mi, I was eating com tam, I was eating com chai, I was eating everything under the sun, bun tit, all kinds of things, and it was just cheaper for me to eat out than to eat than to buy food. And even if I was to buy food, it still wouldn't come up to much of anything. So, I say all this to say that food is much cheaper when you are traveling than it is when when you're traveling than to live in the United States. Like you go get like a dozen. Of, oh my God! When I was in New York, a dozen of eggs was almost ten dollars. Oh my gosh. And a dozen of eggs here, I want to say I spent like three or four dollars in Mexico. I mean, currently in Mexico. Bananas. The bananas, right? So, something to think about. Next thing's next. Transportation, okay? Transportation. Now, transportation is dirt cheap in a lot of countries. Whether you're taking Ubers or DDs in Mexico or um, a Grab, uh, uh, not a Grab, um, I forgot what it's called in Vietnam, but whether you're taking these specific, these car place, car taxis places, they're cheap. If you take a little tuk-tuk in Thailand, dirt cheap. They might try to haggle you though because they know, they might know that you're, uh, you come from money, America. Um, 
because you're a foreigner with money, they, they're going to try to haggle you. Um, but, or if you're taking public transport, you know what I mean? Like in, in, um, in Thailand, I would take like, there's like these trucks with the backs in the, with the back of them out. Or you could take them also super cheap. And then are in Europe taking public transport is super duper cheap. So it's just like transportation is, is, is very easy. When I was in New York, um, well, first of all, if you're not in New York, Chicago, um, I want to say California, then you're probably going to have to take to have a car. Nine times out of ten, you're going to have to have a car in the United States. Um, and that's not to say, like, in Indiana, before I could drive, I obviously took the bus, and it was a pretty good system. But for the most part, most people have cars. Most people in the United States have cars, except for if you're in major cities. And even then, like, a car note, yeah, I don't know, shoot, I haven't had a car in uh, forever, but, like, a car note can cost you 300 or $500, right, at the end of the day. Versus, you know, and even then, if I'm in New York and I'm paying for, like, an um, a unlimited bus, unlimited train ticket, that's $127 a month for that. And that's... An, and that's New York, okay? And then that, like, doesn't mean, it doesn't count taking into effect, uh, like, the Ubers that I might have to take late at night if I decide to go out and party or do the things. It just all depends. And so, but it's still, like, regardless, most of the United States, you need a car. And that's insurance. And that's a car payment. And then that's mechanical fixes if that if that happens. All those things. Versus, like, when I'm, I will tell you this, I'll tell you this, 50% of my, my transportation is me walking, and it's not because I have to, and it's not because, like, you know, it, it's forced upon me, it's because I love to do it, it's because majority of cities, you walk in, majority of the people in a lot of these cities are walking to a lot of the places, facts on facts on facts, I kid you not, like, unless you're in some teeny tiny town, but even then, people are still walking a lot. You know, New York and California and um, Chicago, like, specific cities in California, you walk a lot in those cities. It's because they're major cities. But that's, like, three or four, maybe even five cities out of so many other cities in the United States where you need a car. Where, when I'm traveling, as many cities as I've been to, I'm going to tell you about 50% of those cities I have been walking in to get to where I need to go food or grocery stores. I've carried my groceries home so many times. So a lot of that, 50% of that is walking. Also, I love walking. So, and once you start to travel and go to different places, you'll, you're going to love it too. It's going to be something that you just see everybody else doing that you become, that you start to do and then you just continue to do it over and over and over again. So it's just a part of your routine. But aside from that, public transportation, easy peasy lemon squeezy, like pennies pennies depending on where you are right like in england london i was taking the bus i was taking the um the train i can't quote how much it was to get on the train in england but i know it wasn't as expensive as it was in new york um when i was in vietnam i had a motorbike a motorcycle there and i was paying like 40 bucks a month had no insurance or anything like that probably not the best thing but it's still an option. You learn, you you go, you get from place to place, point A to point B. Um, but I was paying like 40 bucks a month for that motorbike. There is car services there in Vietnam if you want them. I remember we would go from one side of the town to the next. And it would be like, I don't know, $15 or like $10. Something obnoxious, like absurdly obnoxious. Like when you see the number, you're going to be like... Where am I in the twilight zone right now? Because this is insane. Same thing in Colombia. Same thing in Mexico. Um, going, you know, oh, don't even get me started 
on traveling internationally when you're all, in these countries. Folks, Number one, thank on you for list. listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, Asia. Please rate and Asia, review whatever platform you're using. Going from country and to, to see country what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Brittany or subscribe to the YouTube channel, Navigating World. I hope you have a marvelous day, homie. And thank you. Bye. For that flight, and like Bali is about the same distance. I I think so. About it's about in the middle from Australia. So Bali's in the middle. Korea's at the top. Australia's at the bottom. Right. So imagine that three hundred, and that's like I think from Australia to Bali. I want to say it's a six-hour flight or something like that. And it's like a three hundred. Like I think for me, I forgot how long the flight was. Three to four hours, and it was just like it was three hundred dollars a round trip. Um, and so, and that was a really internationally, like, come on. It was, it was amazing. Now, when you go to South America or even Africa, I was told by a friend, it's more expensive because Africa and South America are very large, um, continents. Also colonialism, all the other things, we're not going to go, we're not going to go into all that. Um, but when I was going to Peru, which is touching Colombia, right? When I went to Peru, for a round trip flight, I paid 360 bucks. That's expensive for two countries that touch each other. But, like I said, South America is vast. It's it's huge. And I think we don't think about how big it is until we're there. And then you're like, oh, shit, this country is actually, I mean, this continent is actually kind of big. Um, so it's a little bit more expensive in that respect. But, like, you know, inter- intercontinentally, cheap. Here in Mexico, I just flew, where did I fly? I flew to, um, flew up to La Paz. I'm in the ma- middle of Mexico, because Mexico's huge. Mexico's another country where you're in it, and you're like, it's not that big, and then you look, you go some places, you're like, actually, it's kind of got goddamn big. Um, but it's, Mexico, Guadalajara's in the middle, La Paz is all the way at the top, right under California, and I paid like, I'm gonna say we paid 50, 75 bucks for those round trip tickets. So, you know, intercontinentally, it's cheaper. Um, Europe, don't get me started. We have like Ryanair, like which is basically Europe's uh, spirit and, and JetBlue, basically cheap tickets. Like I remember I had a connecting flight in Europe from um, from Dublin, Ireland to Spain, Madrid, $30, one way, $30, one way, done, finish, finito done like I was flabbergasted right because I was just like what is happening here like it's so cheap to travel intercontinentally it's so cheap to travel like within the continent it's it's just it's it's just cheaper to travel regardless and so like in Colombia although it was it was more expensive to go to Peru if I wanted to go to Bogota I could find a cheap ticket if I wanted to go to um Bacacuramanga it was cheaper if I wanted to go to Cartagena it was cheaper San Andres it was cheaper um, then if I would say I flew in the United States and I wanted to fly to Indianapolis from New York, my ticket from Indianapolis to New York ended up costing me about $500 round trip. Yeah, that was, it was a pretty penny. It was real, real nice. My trip from, um, New York or from Indiana to Arizona, cause my dad lives in Arizona. I, I, Indiana to Arizona, I want to pay, I think I pay like three, $400 round trip like so it's just like these things and these things are important to me as a traveler as somebody that likes to go to different countries and visit different places paying for transport is important in like within the city but also getting out of the city and going to different cities 
um, in the country, but going to also different countries in the continent is important to me as a traveler because I do like to get around and I do like to go and see different places um, and have different experiences. Um, but even within the city, public transport, walking is like a huge thing. Like I said before, public transport is a major thing um, that comes at no cost, at little to no cost. Um, and then possibly getting your own transport, which is a thing, depending on the country that you're in, right? It really does depend on what country you're in. Vietnam makes it very easy, um, but other countries may not. Um, and then, like, if you decide to take an Uber or you decide to take a Grab, I think it's a Grab. I didn't think it is Grab um, in Vietnam. Whatever you decide to take, it's not that expensive. Like, here, I the airport from, I think, it, I think it's like eight kilometers. I don't know what that is in miles. I've kind of converted to kilometers in a way. It's like eight to 10 kilometers. The bus station that I came in in Mexico to where I was staying in my Airbnb. And it ended up being like a $5, $5 uh, Uber ride. So that gives you some perspective. And it, like I said, depending on the country, it fluctuates. But for the most part, it's still cheaper. Like in New York, I was going from... Um, I was going to the, coming from the East Village, going to Queens. Now, if you're from New York and you're listening to this, yes, that's far. It's far. New York is not even that big, but it feels far. New York feels like this massive planet and it's just one city. It's crazy. It is. But that trip was costing me like 40 to $50. It's costing me 40 $50 and that's way less kilometers than say, I don't know, the airport from here to my Airbnb in Mexico City. So that gives some perspectives. Now, in Indiana, it may be a little bit cheaper, but it's not that much cheaper, to be honest with you. And this is me using Indiana and New York is just to compare a major city to maybe a smaller town um, because prices can't fluctuate in that way. But still, there's still, in, in terms of traveling the world versus the United States, it's still much expen more expensive in the United States versus traveling the world. So that is my spiel on transportation. And then another one, another big one, a, a huge one. Y'all ready for this? Drum roll, please. Brrr. Health motherfucking care, okay? Health care, honey. Health care, health, like, health care. When I tell you that health care is so much more cheaper in so many of these other countries than it is, I have never had insurance the six years that I've been traveling, maybe lies, maybe one year because I was I had a working visa and the, the healthcare came with the um, visa. So it was just coming with it. But regardless, even if I didn't have it, I could still afford to pay out of pocket, out of pocket. Do you hear me? Out of pocket for my healthcare. Okay. I was in, and I have examples, honey, examples. I was in the Korean hospital. I had gotten pneumonia in my left lung. The air quality in Korea is not that great, unfortunately. Um, there is like yellow dust and everything. So for me, my polo weak lungs, cause I do, I did have asthma. Don't really come up anymore, but I, my, my left lung completely shut down. And Brittany is much like her mother, don't like to go to the hospital. So I got, I let it get real bad and I showed up and they're like, ma'am, we can't let you leave. You got to stay here until we get you back to health, basically, because my left lung was done functioning and um, I had pneumonia. 
So they hooked me up to an IV, and I was there for a good two weeks. They're like pumping me with like with the IV in my arm. I've had a bronchoscopy, which is a very like I don't know what what constitutes an invasive surgery, but it fucking felt invasive to me. Okay, because they put like this thick ass tube down my throat. I wasn't asleep. I was awake. There was not. I was fully aware of what was going on. And they took this tube down my throat and like sucked all the gunk out of my my lungs, and it was not fun. Now I wasn't super painful. It was just I couldn't breathe, and so you know. No, that that mess. <laughs> but I mean, I'm here. And I'm, I'm I'm grateful for it at the end of the day. But I had a bronchoscopy. I was hooked to an IV for two weeks. I had several um, X-rays, um, and then even after after I left, because um, I have to go back to work, um, they gave me medication for the next two weeks to take so that I could fully heal my lungs. And I walked out of that that hospital bill. Okay, so remember, two weeks hooked to an IV. Medication every day, one bronchoscopy, several x-rays, like probably an x-ray every other day, I would say. Food was also included. My hospital bed was also included. And then after I left two weeks of extra medicine, I walked out of that hospital paid $997. Okay, $997. I said I have never paid a hospital bill so quickly in my life. Slapped it down on a table and walked out. That's how cheap that was. I've gotten cavities fixed for $30, $15. I have got birth control removed and implanted for $50, $75. I've, I, I have a dentist here in Mexico that is my favorite. I love her so much. She's so great. I'm so good at what she does. It's just so passionate about teeth. Um, I had a gynecologist because every city that I go to, if, especially because I'm a person that stays for long term, six to seven, six months to one year or two years or whatever, however long I like it, then I'd like to make sure I get like a primary care physician. I like to get a gynecologist. I like to um, get a dentist, these things. And I, I'm paying out of pocket for all of this. I'm paying out of pocket for every single thing. Okay. And so when I like, I just went to the dentist like last week and I paid my total dentist appointment was $50 and she she fixed two cavities and and numbed me up for that cavity, okay? I went back again and I think I paid 600 and she fixed one cavity and gave me a cleaning. I paid out of pocket for these things. Healthcare is so cheap. There are so many people also that go to these countries um and pay and to get like open heart surgery or brain surgery because the care is just as good. Like, the care is just as good. You do your research to find a good person, but it's, it, I mean, you going in the States versus you going somewhere else, you can, as a black woman, where the health disparity, because I'm about to get real, real, real quick, as a black woman, where the health disparity in America is just so vast, where we're seen as people who do not have um, feelings and do not have pain and, you know, are seen as these women who can suffer through a lot and end up dead a lot of the times in these hospitals, you know, it's, the care that I get when I'm traveling supersedes the care that I get in the United States. I just, I was in, I was in New York and I got my, my, um, next plan on and I got my, my birth control in and you know, when I'm there, I have to pay for the surgeon. I have to pay to see the doctor. I have to do all these things. And then he comes in and he puts my birth control. In. And now, now when I go, I go, anytime I look for somebody that's going to do any operation on my body, I look for a person of color because like I said, health disparities are a thing. Let's argue. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, regardless, it is, it's a thing. It's a fact. And so I like to look for somebody that's a person of color, specifically a woman, because I, they understand me and they understand my background and they understand where I'm coming from so they can give me better care for the most part. 
Um, this has been my experience. But then this man comes in and he puts it in my arm and it's the most painful experience that I've had. And I've had this same birth control for the last decade, okay? I've had this birth control for more than a decade. And he, that was the worst worse experience that I've had with my birth control than versus when I was in Vietnam versus then when I was in Mexico. Okay. So that, that gives you some, some context. And it's not to say that that's always like that in the state because we know that there are really good doctors out there. Um, the, the woman doctor that I had that was my gynecologist in the United States was fabulous. She just didn't do the surgery parts. So, um, there are levels to this shit, but regardless, when I had to go see that, when I got my, my, I had to like go in, make an appointment for it. I had to pay for my initial visit to get the birth control. And then I have to, they have to order it all through my insurance. And depending on what insurance you are, you either get it or you don't, you have to pay a lot of money or you don't. And then when I go, I have to pay another pay copay to get the, 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 um, the birth control in. And it's just all versus when I was in Vietnam and I got it taken out and I got my birth control taken out and another one put it in. I just make the appointment. I went in, she inserted it, she took it out. She took out the last one and she put the other one in and then it was done. And I'm on Nexplan. So Nexplan is the one that goes, the implant that goes in your arm. I like it. It works the best for my body and I've been on it for a while. But anywho, she, and it was, I want to say I paid $75 for that visit. Like, that's, in, that's incredible. And it was easy, it was smooth, she was gentle with my arm, all the things. So I have many experiences to show that like the healthcare I've had, the healthcare that I've had traveling to these different countries has been phenomenal. Not only for my pockets, but for my body as well. Um, when I was in Europe, I got, I had insurance, I was, in, I was a student in Europe, um, so I had insurance out there. Um, so update on this will be coming because I'll be not a student in Europe, so we'll see how the insurance goes and like how, what the out-of-pocket experiences are as well. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it couldn't be as bad as the United States. Like it's the, the like paying out of pocket in the United States is like a death wish and you'll be in debt for your, for the rest of your life for some of these, these, um, these things that need to happen. I'm glad that when I was there, I had a good job. And so I had good insurance, but I can only imagine how it is for people that don't have like this amazing health insurance and they have to pay for everything depending on what insurance they have. You know what I mean? Versus traveling as somebody that travels. And there is things like um, travel health care. You can get travel health care and it's still cheaper. I've heard that there's travel health care packages for as cheap as $50. Um, it's a simple Google search. It's not very hard to find. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing and I love it. And like, you know, it, it'll be, it's going to be interesting what Europe is like, but I know that Europe has really good healthcare and it's cheap as well, but I haven't had any problems, any complications when it came to traveling and using healthcare services. I know it mainly be like, oh my gosh, you can't be, but it's just like, everything has been sterile. Everything has been clean. I've had nothing but good care and I've paid little to no money for it dentists gynecologists std checkups because those are important as well um primary care physicians everything on surgery or bronchoscopies not damn face of surgery anyways um that's what it was so healthcare is like one of the big ones on this list for me just because like i just have it's just I'm just so happy with the experiences that I've had. And not everybody has had these experiences, right? So everybody has had their different levels of it. And so it would be interesting to hear. I would love for you guys to like comment and let me know what your experience is if you do travel, um, what it has been with healthcare traveling. It will be interesting to hear other people's perspectives as well. 
Moving on, housing. So housing is going up right now. But regardless, depending on the city that you're in, it's cheap. Like London ain't going to be cheap housing. London is housing. London's housing is just as expensive as Los Angeles, just as expensive as New York, um, just as expensive as a lot of places. And also in the United States, depending on what state you're in, housing can be much cheaper. Like in Indiana, housing is cheaper than maybe housing in, the, in New York. But from the, from what my my family members have told me, it's still quite it's still getting expensive in Indiana as well. So it just depends on where you are. Most like you know your London's and a few, quite a few cities in um, Europe are gonna have like Paris or like I don't know Rome or something or Amsterdam or Berlin. Their housing is gonna be a little bit expensive. Now I will say though, put putting aside London, from some friends that have told me in Europe, it's still not as expensive as in the states. Funny enough, like I have a friend right now who's looking for housing in in uh, Germany, and she like she was showing me some of the prices and I, and these are one bedrooms, okay? And she looks for nice, shit. she likes nice shit, and I was just like, oh my gosh! And she's like, you know, five hundred euros. She doesn't want to spend any more than like six hundred euros or something crazy like that. And these are one bedrooms in the middle of like Germany, Berlin, okay? So even then, but you know, I, I think it can be still cheaper in in Europe. Now, don't even get me started on, you know, the Vietnams, the Mexicos, the Colombias, the Perus, the Thailands. Um, you know, don't get me started on those because those housings are just insanely cheap. Like I had I had a one bedroom for 250. <laughs> and I mean, it was a one bedroom. It was nice and it came furnished. Oh yeah, that's another thing. So housing comes furnished a lot of the times when you're traveling like when you're visiting other countries, like the States, it's like one of the very few countries that I know where you get housing, um, where it's not furnished. A lot of these places you can get them furnished. So that's always really, really interesting, honestly. Um, but they come furnished and you can add or subtract whatever you like, depending on the landlord and what their specificities are. Um, but yeah, I was in, I was in Vienna with a one bedroom for like two fifty, And then like me and my friends got this like three, I want to say one, two, three, four, five level. This had a balcony. We each had our own balcony. We each had our own bathroom. We eat, and it also had a rooftop. And then there was just like this first floor that was just fully open. This was a three bedroom house, three bath, three bedroom house. Um, nope, three and a half bath house, rooftop, everything. We were each paying like $300 a month. <laughs> so crazy. So like $900 in total for this house, this house, this four level house. Okay. With our own bathroom, our own bedroom, our own balconies and a rooftop. And I mean the whole level of rooftop, massive rooftop. Okay. Full kitchen, everything. Bananas, bananas prices. Um, or I was in, um, Columbia and I was living with some friends and it was me and some other roommates. It was this, it was like a, I want to say it was a one, two, three, four bedroom. And we each paid like, I paid two seventy four, and then even other people paid a little bit more, but this house had a jacuzzi and a sauna in it. Like, what? <laughs> it's just it's, it's bananas. And prices can be can get more expensive, obviously, depending on where you are. This all depends. And the best way to find housing, I say, is Facebook groups. Um, I would also say um, Googling is also another good thing. Talking to people that maybe live in that country that can help you. There's so many resources out there. And if you don't want to pay for housing, there are other, like, a few, there's some free options out there, like trusted house sitters. Google that. That's basically you watch people's animals or house while they're away and you stay there for the free. 
some good shit. There's um, work away, which is basically you exchange, like you work for whatever, like maybe it's a restaurant or maybe it's a hostel. You work for them for a certain amount of hours a week and they let you sleep there and eat there for free. Google it. Um, couch surfing, stay on somebody's couch. Now, I mean, this mouse set, depending on who's listening, it may sound a little bit unsafe, but it's not that it's not that unsafe. People, I, people get background checks. There's a lot of um, a lot of work that goes into it, so it's it's pretty good and it's free. You also have um, wolfing, which is like work on a farm, which is kind of like work away, but instead it's more of on a farm. Google it. There's all pairs. You could be somebody's nanny um, and live with them, and they give you room and board and all things. All you got to do is watch their babies if you're more into, like, watching babies and things like that. Um, and then there's home exchanges and house swaps. If you are down for, like, swapping your house with someone and somebody says yours and you stay at theirs, that's a big thing. They love to do that in Europe. So it be, could be – you could get, like, a nice, like, cheap trip to Europe if you have – if you own a house in the States. These are all options. Um, if you don't want to do any of those options, then obviously you can go out and look for your own space. And being on the country, it is. It can, like London is mad expensive, but you can still like the rest of Europe. You can find some decently priced housing, definitely in your and um, Asia, definitely in South America and Central America. And I'm sure the same in Africa. Um, I don't really have. I haven't really asked any friends about it, and I have yet to get there. <laughs> coming, coming soon. Um, but anywho, I'm I'm sure like it's it's so much cheaper versus like I'm in New York. And like, I know New York is New York, right? And I was paying ten fifty, and I had a two bed. It was a two bedroom, and I was paying ten fifty, right? Or like my sister right now is looking for an apartment in a smaller town in a smaller state, and she is looking for a one bedroom, and it's like seven hundred dollars, six hundred dollars. So you know, it's a thing, and I just you know, it's it can be difficult to find housing, but it doesn't have to be, and it can be free if you want it bad enough. Um, and then my last one is, I think that's it. That's, I think that's it. That's, that's the last of it. Those are all the ways that I think that traveling is cheaper than living in the United States. Food, transportation, healthcare, and housing. Definitely healthcare though. Cause like that, that stuff, that shit blow my mind. Like I was like, what, what's happening here? Um, so how the hell did I live off of $2,000 a month for six years? Uh, I guess the world is a, high, a hell of a lot cheaper than we give it credit for it, to be honest with you. <laughs> but thank you so much for tuning into this episode or watching it on the podcast. I mean, watching it on YouTube or listening on a podcast. I really appreciate you for being here. If you're watching on, on YouTube, please like, subscribe, comment below some of your experiences, like ways that, that travel is cheaper for you. Um, if you're listening on any podcast, please rate me five stars. Please, um, comment if there's a comment section or something. I'm not really sure. <laughs> and if you want to see what I'm up to, you want to see my travels, you want to get some more tips, some more quicker tips, follow me on TikTok or Instagram at Brittany Shanice. Um, that will be spelled out in the show notes or the description or whatever. Um, and on YouTube, I'm Navigating Worlds Podcast. Thank you for chilling with me. Thank you for going on this experience with me. Um, and I really, I'll see you next next week or next episode. Bye. And that's all, folks. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate and review on whatever platform you're using. And to see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok at Brittany Shanice. Or subscribe to the YouTube channel, Navigating Worlds. I hope you have a marvelous day, homie. And thank you. 
Bye!